This is On Call, a podcast by Code Blue. Health is a human right. Hello, I'm Kanmani Batumalai from Code Blue. These are the headlines for the day. The Ministry of Health will only remove from the Mice Jatra system those who bought fraudulent COVID-19 vaccine certificates after they are convicted in court. Health Minister Kairi Jamaluddin acknowledges that it can't be known for sure that people who purchased vaccine certs are actually unvaccinated. On the Gombak case, because the police assumed that all 5,600 registered vaccine recipients had bought their fraudulent Mysajatra certs. And unless the police torture a confession out of these anti-vaxxers, will we never know exactly who is unvaccinated because antibody tests, as you said before, uh, is unreliable to check. Well, on, on the sigil palsu, we kita tunggu siasatan dari polis. I don't want to preempt the police's investigation. But what we know is that once the investigations and also the due process in the courts prove that these vaccine uh, certs were fake, uh, then we will, uh, we will clean up the Mysajatra list to make sure that uh, those who are proven to have uh, bought their vaccines are taken off the list. That's, that's the, the only sure way that we're going we're gonna to know. Police are currently investigating the sale of fake COVID-19 vaccine certs in Selangor, Terengganu, Johor, Sabah, Kelantan, Melaka and Kedah. Kairi says all of these cases so far involve the private purchase vaccine rollout, not the government's national COVID-19 immunisation programme. The health minister urges suppliers of the Sinovac and Sinopharm vaccines to the private purchase vaccination program to tighten their SOPs to prevent forgery of vaccine certs. MOH will not undertake a regulatory impact assessment or RIA before tabling amendments to Act 342 in the upcoming parliament meeting because all infectious diseases are considered a matter of national security. According to the Chief Secretary to the Government's 2012 Circular, RIA must be undertaken for all proposed new or amendments to laws, regulations and policies, regardless of whether or not they need to be tabled in parliament. However, Kairi says that amendments to the prevention and Control of Infectious Diseases Act have a national security exemption from the RIA process. Referring to the circular on the national policy for the development of uh, implementations of regulations, the regulatory impact analysis or RIA is necessary to ensure that any new regulation will have clear objectives taking into account the best alternatives based on cost-benefit impact assessment and input including views from all stakeholders. However, There is an exception if a new act or amendment to regulations are related to national security and sovereignty. They are exempted from this requirement. In view of amending Akta 342, we have referred to the Malaysian Productivity Corporation, the lead agency for RIAs, uh, on the need for RIA based on the factors below. The amendment to Act 342 is considered a matter of national security. The amendment to this act is not focused on businesses, investment or trade per se. The Act 342 is amended based on the provisions in the emergency ordinance and regulations under Act 342 that have been disclosed. The response from the Malaysian Productivity Council was the amendment to Act 342 does not need to go through RIA process as it is, as it is included in matters relating to national security. However, we need to submit a regulatory notification to the MPC for documentation so that no matter arise, uh, so other matters do not arise in the future. That's the position right now. Okay. So even though we are moving towards endemic status, but you still consider COVID to be a national security issue? 
It's not for COVID. Akta 342 is Akta infectious disease. We are trying to future-proof the Akta. It's for all infectious diseases. That's the problem. People think Akta 342 adalah Akta COVID. It is not. It is Akta penyakit-penyakit. It's infectious disease. So we have to amend it so that when disease X comes later, uh, it's ready for disease X. Okay. So to clarify, all infectious diseases are matters of national security? Absolutely, then? absolutely. The list of notifiable illnesses set out under Act 342 contains 25 diseases including dengue fever, malaria, food poisoning, measles, whooping cough, polio, rabies, typhoid fever and Ebola as well as sexually transmitted illnesses like gonorrhea, syphilis and HIV. Kyrie clarifies that triple vaccinated senior citizens aged 60 years and older and primed Sinovac recipients will be subject to the same COVID-19 quarantine policy as other boosted people. Triple vaccinated senior citizens and adults who received primary Sinovac will get five days quarantine if they are close contacts or returning from abroad, same as other individuals who received three vaccine doses. For now, senior citizens and adults who received Sinovac for their primary cause do not need a fourth dose or a second booster jab. What is the data used to justify a longer quarantine by two days for non-boosted close contacts or positive COVID cases or international travellers? I mean, isn't this unfair towards triple jab senior citizens and uh, prime Sinovac recipients since they are only considered fully vaccinated and not boosted? from March 1st, unless you plan to offer them a fourth dose to get boosted status? Non-boosted uh, individuals have similar risk of acquiring Omicron as unvaccinated, but those who are boosted will have up to 70% less risk of acquiring Omicron. So by shortening the quarantine period for those who are boosted, the number of uh, miss, missed infection, especially at the point of entry, uh, will be smaller. Um, in March 2022, triple vaccinated amongst elderly and those who receive primary series, Sinovac will be considered fully vaccinated and they will, we, we will extend the same five days quarantine period to this group. Okay, all right. Um, will you plan to offer them a fourth dose to get boosted status or not? Sorry? No, no. The, it's uh, sufficient for them to do one, yeah. Okay. Uh, my second question is, will MOH undertake a regular... But sorry, the caveat is sufficient for them to do one for now until we have different data. Ah. Close contacts of positive COVID-19 cases are currently subject to five days self-isolation if they are boosted, which now includes triple vaccinated seniors and primed Sinovac recipients or seven days quarantine for non-boosted individuals. Non-boosted is defined as unvaccinated, partially vaccinated and fully vaccinated. The government's new quarantine policy for travellers returning to Malaysia, effective January 24, shortens self-isolation to five days for boosted individuals. Fully vaccinated people must quarantine for seven days upon returning from abroad, whereas the partially vaccinated or unvaccinated must self-isolate for 10 days. COVID-19 tests are required before exit from isolation. Two years into the pandemic, the government is finally dropping the temperature check SOP for entry into public premises. Kyrie says MOH's proposal to remove the requirement for people to scan their temperature before entering public premises will be brought to the National Security Council. 
He will also suggest getting rid of logbooks provided at public premises for people to manually record their names and contact details. This is because MOH doesn't use the logbooks for contact tracing. Shops, restaurants and malls are still required to get visitors to check in with MySajatra to show their fully vaccinated status on the app and to wear face masks and practice social distancing. Kyrie encourages people to use MySajatra Trace Bluetooth function when they are in crowded places. About 5 million people currently use MySajatra Trace. Malaysia's pediatric COVID-19 vaccination program will be launched on February 3 at Tunku Haziza Hospital in Kuala Lumpur. The COVID-19 vaccination program for children aged 5 to 11 will prioritize those with underlying conditions including chronic respiratory disease, cardiovascular disease, immunosuppression, diabetes, chronic kidney disease and nerve disease. Bookings of vaccination appointments for children aged 5 to under 12 years will be opened first to parents living in the Klang Valley from January 31. The government will use a specially formulated dosage of Pfizer's vaccine at 10 micrograms for children, one-third of the adult dosage. In the under 12 children's vaccination program, two doses will be administered eight weeks apart. MOH targets to vaccinate 70% of children aged 5 to 11 with their first dose within two months from the start of the inoculation program and 80% with their second dose within six months.